Welcome to Talk More Talk, a solo Beatles video cast. Uh, we are really excited to be here tonight, and uh, we have a jam-packed show planned. Uh, we have uh, not only a lot of news to talk about, but we have uh, one of our, I think, most popular segments that, that we do on the show, which is Another Listen. And the uh, album that we've chosen tonight is uh, one of, I think it's safe to say, one of John Lennon's most controversial uh, <laughs> albums and perhaps uh, one that got, that, that's received the most um, uh, maybe mixed reaction <laughs> from, from fans and, and critics. And uh, as, as uh, everybody has just shown you, that is sometime in New York City. So we have got uh, a lot a lot to discuss. I think it's going to be a really interesting, interesting debate. So before we get to all that, uh, let me introduce myself and my good friends. I look forward to doing the show with uh, every other Monday. My name is Kid O'Toole. I am the author of Songs We Are Singing, Guided Tours to the Beatles, Lesser Known Tracks, Michael Jackson FAQ, All That's Left to Know About the King of Pop, uh, and uh, co-edited with our good friend Ken Womack, uh, Fandom of the Beatles, the act you've known for all these years. Now that it, those are kind of mouthful titles now that <laughs> I say them all myself. So yeah. you guys are kind of right. All right. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. Okay. The next book, just as long as the next book is only like a one title I'm sorry, out. one word title. One yeah, word. I'll one work word. on that. Yeah. Yeah, and a short one. Yes. Beatles. I'll just yeah. call the next one Beatles. No, one syllable. Uh, one syllable. Yeah, I. One syllable. <laughs> I. <laughs> oh, goodness. He is the co-host of the very popular podcast, Two Legs, along with Andy Nichols, um, where you can find out everything about Paul McCartney. They do a lot of great uh, live broadcasts also on uh, uh, Facebook, on YouTube, uh, doing ranking the tracks. They are doing a new series now where their ranking was all, all of Paul's singles no, and uh, album no, tracks. No, it's so what's what is it? So our 101, it? 101 favorite McCartney songs. Is okay, so all all yeah. songs. Okay, yes, all songs. Yep. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, which is quite an undertaking, yeah. but I know they can do it. So <laughs> <laughs> so please welcome to the show, Tom Hanyati. Tom, how's it going? It's going great, kid. It's glad to be here. It's Monday night, and you know, glad to be hanging out with uh, the two knuckleheads down below. I, I don't know where you guys are seeing. Uh, uh, you know. 
know the order you because two, you order. you're down below on my screen. I don't know <laughs> yeah, see, it's it's yeah. <laughs> here I'm on top. Must be different for all of us. It is, but anyway. yeah, I think it is. Yeah. I think no. it's, it's different for everybody. No, Joe, oh, Ken, kids, great to see you guys, and uh, look forward to uh, talking about this album. Yep, it's it's going to be a really it's really gonna interesting a banger. show. It's going to be a banger. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, he is the host of the equally popular uh, YouTube channel, Mean Mr. Mayo. More, more and of, oh, more. Yep. yep. Oh, what is 11,000 subscribers? Yeah. Is oh, that is it's a mere than, bag of shells? I'm assuming that's Honeymooners reference number one. So ding and <laughs> uh and he does all kinds of great great videos on there including his adventures and collecting vinyl of course um talking about all things beatles and and his great show fab gab that he co-hosts with matthew street um i think you know we've all been on there at at some point and i'm sure we'll be making return appearances in the very near oh, future yeah. it's a lot of fun to be on it so Joe Mayo. Joe, how's it going? Hey. Hello, hello, kid. Hello, how you doing there, everybody? Tom, Ken, and everybody out there in uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook land. <laughs> well, this will be on YouTube soon. It will so, be on you YouTube. Know. First, I thought it was, it, it was an error. Then I thought, well, ultimately, it's not an error. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Absolutely. And last but definitely not least, uh, really a, a mainstay of the Beatles community. Yeah. Uh, he has, uh, my God, and also one of the busiest men in <laughs> the Beatles community. Um, he is the longtime host of the syndicated show, Every Little Thing. How many stations is it on now? Uh, it's Ken? 50. 50. 50. Yeah. Yep. 50 stations. Um, and he, of course, is the co-host of the long-running uh, podcast, Things We Said Today. And uh, he also has his own YouTube channel where he has interviewed everybody from <laughs> authors to musicians to uh, YouTubers, you name it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and it's, been, it's always a pleasure to be on his show. He's one of the great interviewers. So thank so you. Please welcome Ken Michaels. Ken. How are you? Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> and hey, hey. I have a feeling you guys are going to be the people that will be on my YouTube channel the most. <laughs> hey, my pleasure. Absolutely. Hey. Always love being on there. So once again, welcome to all of you. We are really looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say tonight about sometime in New York City. But of course, as always, we uh, have to uh, share the news first. And Ken, I don't think much happened. Uh, this week, I, I, I don't think, right. you know, so, but what have you got for us? And all these years, people have said to me, there's not much going on with yeah. the Beatles, you know, and every week, you know, the news is, you know, as you know, several minutes, but um, this is what I could come up with and even news at the last minute. Uh, Ringo Starr, hopefully, you know, made a new video for his song, Let's Change the World. And the video features Ringo along with a bunch of young people dancing around the area where his peace sculpture is in Beverly Hills, singing this song that has a positive message. While at the same time, it is mixed with, the video is mixed with many problems around the world, like social unrest and wildfires. The goal of the video is to motivate us to band together and improve our world. 
And Steve Lukather appears briefly playing a great guitar solo. Lukather and fellow Toto member Joseph Williams both wrote the song. The video was a collaboration with Kids in the Spotlight. This is a nonprofit organization that provides a platform for foster youth to tell their stories through film. And Ringo was quoted as saying, I wanted to make this video with kids because they are our future and this is for them. They deserve clean water and fresh air. I believe we should leave this planet in better shape than we found it for our kids. And right now we are not doing that. Half the world is on fire and the other half is underwater. We have got to change and I believe we can. Peace and love, Ringo. Also, Ringo was involved in Why Hunger's new campaign. Have you seen this? For you something which is called, get ready, drum together. Hmm. <laughs> Not come together, but drum, right, drum together. together. Right. Ringo is one of more than 100 drummers enlisted for a drum-focused uh, version of the Beatle classic Come Together. Ringo is joined by Jim Keltner, Steve Gadd, Alan White, Cindy Blackman uh, Santana, Chad Smith, Stuart Copeland, Kenny Aronoff, Liberty DeVito, Max Weinberg, Simon Kirk, and modern drummers Billy Amendola, among many others. It's described as the greatest collection of drummers ever performing on one song. A new video was made for this over 10 minute version of Come Together. And Why Hunger is an organization started in 1975 by the late Harry Chapin and radio DJ Bill Ayers to change systems, policies, and institutions that perpetuate hunger and poverty in our world. Ringo is quoted here, he says, we all can agree that no uh, kid should be hungry and everyone should have access to nutritious food. This is a great cause that I've supported in the past and a great track, one of my favorite Beatles songs. So when Jim Keltner asked me to join all these other drummers, I was happy to do so. Peace and love. So evidently Jim Keltner was the catalyst in all this. With 90 cents of every dollar raised going directly to programmatic work, funds from Drum Together, uh, the Drum Together campaign will fuel transformative community-led solutions across the US and around the, around the globe that advance the human right to nutritious food for all. Why Hunger's Drum Together is made possible with the generous support from Sony and Apple Corps. To learn more about the organization, you can visit whyhunger.org. Check out the video on YouTube, which offers a button for you to click to make a donation for this cause. Got to see it. It's really cool. Very jazzy version. Mm. And it goes on, like I said, for over 10 minutes, Drum Together. Wow. Now, to further this Ringo Star PSA, um, a nice gesture on the part of Ringo was a good luck video message he sent to Melanie C before her latest appearance on Dancing with the Stars. Melanie, who was formerly Sporty Spice in the Spice Girls, actually comes from Liverpool. Ringo's message said, I just wanted to say best of luck tonight and we are both from Liverpool. It doesn't matter where we live. That is where we were both from. So I send you peace and love and all the best. Melanie was visibly shocked by Ringo's message and commented, this whole experience is surreal enough. And then one of the Beatles is wishing us luck. What is going on? <laughs> but really, just so nice of Ringo to do that. 
Obviously, two days ago marked what would have been John Lennon's 81st birthday. Yoko Ono posted, happy birthday, John. Happy birthday, Sean. I love you. Paul McCartney posted the words, happy birthday thoughts for John Lennon. And yes, it was also Sean Lennon's birthday. Sean turning 46, if you can believe that. Julian Lennon tweeted, happy birdie to my one and only brother. Paul McCartney and his wife Nancy also celebrated their 10th wedding anniversary on October 9th. Paul posted the words, 10 beautiful years together, happy anniversary to my lovely wife. And Giles Martin, son of George, his birthday is also October 9th. He turned 52. What okay, is it with on, that day? <laughs> I don't know. Busy day. John and Twistle's birthday. Yoko, Yoko was on uh, tweeting fire uh, on, on his birthday. Uh, I don't know if you saw some of her tweets, but some interesting comments from, from Yoko a couple days ago. Okay. Um, also, on John's birthday, the third annual Dear John virtual charity concert was held at Veeps dot com at 3 p.m. Eastern. The star-studded event organized by the UK rock band Blurred Vision featured performances from Peter Frampton, ex-Guns N' Roses drummer Matt Sorum, the Quarrymen were due to appear, Earl Slick, actors Matt Lucas and Martin Freeman along with many others. This show also raises money for the UK charity War Child which seeks to help children affected by war around the world. Tickets for the concert were made available and still are at blurredvision.veeps.com. And it will remain available to watch on demand until October 17th. To raise additional money for War, uh, War Child, a new song called Dear John that uh, Blurred Vision recorded with Frampton and Molly Marriott, who is the daughter of late Small Faces Humble Pie frontman Steve Marriott, has been released and it's now available digitally and via streaming at openeyesrecords.com. You can also check out a music video for the tune at Blurred Vision's official YouTube channel. I did watch this. It's a really nice tribute to John. It is not the same song that John wrote called Dear John, which appeared on uh, the John Lennon anthology, one of John's last compositions. And uh, Peter Frampton really wails at the end of uh, this recording. Speaking of John, a few weeks ago, I mentioned that in celebration of the International Day of Peace, the United Nations released a series of stamps commemorating the uh, 50th anniversary of John and Yoko's Imagine. If you would like to purchase the stamps in its different configurations, there's uh, three different photo portraits of John. You can go to unstamps.org slash shop slash John hyphen Lennon. Thanks to Bob Tavares for that link. Only three okay. different kinds? Only three variations, huh? Yeah. As far as I know, there's also some kind of souvenir issue that features the lyrics of Imagine oh, with cool. John's signature as well. Okay. All right. Two big releases are happening this week. Shouldn't be a surprise <laughs> to any of us. Tomorrow, the Get Back book comes out. <laughs> Friday, the Let It Be box set. Mm. I just have a sneaking suspicion our next show just might, mm. might be about Let It Be. Could, Could be. be. Could be. <laughs> and uh, two major passings to take note of. Believe it or not, Lizzie Bravo has died. 
from heart complications. She was one of two teenage girls who were Apple Scruffs, who waited outside EMI Studios to possibly get a glimpse of their heroes. One such day in February of 1968, she and another teenage fan, Gaylene Pease, were asked by Paul McCartney to come inside and sing on the Beatles recording of Across the Universe. And that recording ended up appearing on the charity album, No One's Gonna Change Our World, for the World uh, Wildlife Fund, released in December of 1969, later appearing on Past Masters Volume 2. Lizzie herself came from Brazil, and she took a number of photos of the Beatles coming and going from EMI Studios. She also put out a book based on her diaries and photos called Do Rio at Abbey Road. Now, according to uh, the Facebook page for Robert Rodriguez, he said that uh, the book was published in Portuguese and she promised an English language version, which was finished recently. Mm. Ironically, the other girl who sang on Across the Universe, Gaylene Pease, also passed away. And this was in July of pancreatic Aww. cancer. So sadly, both those girls are now gone. I didn't even know about Gaylene Peace uh, uh, passing away. It's only because yeah. of Lizzie Bravo's passing that we learned yeah, that, about her as that's well. That's how I found out too. Mm. Yeah. And and I just want to add that because Lizzie and I corresponded a bit on on Facebook, and and she sometimes would tune in when I was doing you know doing my monthly shows, and and not only was she you know incredible for her role in in Beatles history but she is an incredibly nice warm person and uh you know just going to be greatly missed I was shocked when when I heard the news and uh what a loss definitely everything I've ever heard about her were just you know very positive words just a very warm loving person also it's hard for me to believe that Ronnie Ashton who was the wife of Billy J. Kramer, died last week from a heart attack. And I've known Billy and Ronnie since, well, the 80s. They have been great friends to me, always talking about Billy's uh, musical plans. They were both interested in my Beatles radio shows. Ronnie was every bit the fan who loved Billy's music, loved 60s music and going to concerts, and actually met Billy at one of his shows. She was as supportive of Billy as anyone could be, advising him on how to handle his career. And it's hard for me to imagine Billy's life without her. Billy and Ronnie had a home on uh, Long Island and Billy actually moved there to be with Ronnie. She will be sorely missed by everyone who knew her and uh, by Billy's fans. And there you go. Two shockers right there. Yeah, that's for sure. In the past week. Okay. Um, I didn't mention the interview with McCartney. Should I talk about it at all? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> you, don't, you don't seem too thrilled about it. We don't have Was to. there an interview with McCartney? <laughs> There's a new article from The Guardian that has excerpts of a new interview that Paul McCartney has given to the BBC Radio 4's new interview series, This Cultural Life. And in it, Paul says, regarding the Beatle breakup, I didn't instigate the split, that was our Johnny. Paul says he wanted the group to go on, even though after eight years together, they were still creating some, quote, pretty good stuff. Paul said 
this was my band, this was my job, this was my life, so I wanted it to continue. The point of the breakup, he says, was John was making a new life with Yoko. John had always wanted to sort of break loose from society because, you know, he was brought up by his Aunt Mimi, who was quite repressive, so he was always looking to break loose. And um, this interview will air on October the 23rd, and the next day, BBC Sounds will be airing Paul reading from his new book, The Lyrics. Okay. That's all the news that I do have. Anybody want to comment on <laughs> Paul's remarks? I'm all commenting out. Okay. <laughs> Why don't we just say go to your YouTube channel? Yeah, there you go. Yes. Watch it. I did two videos on it on my YouTube channel. Did you? Wow. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple interesting choice of words. I mean, I don't instigate. I mean, is that maybe the best word to use for that? I don't know, but um, you know, it, it was fine. I mean, the, again, there's nothing that we didn't really already know uh, from these comments. Um, so I don't know why some people may be shocked or offended by, by some of these well, it's, it's, comments. It's because, uh, you know, this is where we're going to start it. 50, I mean, it's 50 right. years later. You know, we know all this and everything, but because um, Let It Be and Get Back is out, it's kind of headline worthy, I guess, uh, The Guardian figures in anyway i mean right. paul was probably just asked in the bbc interview and responded but you know of course paul was the one who was most into wanting the beatles to continue obviously at the time but you know i mean now it's like oh i just get a feel like it wasn't me he wants to wash his hand it wasn't me i wasn't the bad guy here you know i i wanted to continue but at the time in 1970 i think he was pretty pretty happy to get out of it too even though he would have liked it to continue i think at the end he was like let's just be done with it and move on yeah, so well, uh, to use a word that I've overused in this show, it's complicated. <laughs> it's really complicated. Dealing with four very different people who have their own perspective. And at the time, they were going through their lives and had so many things going on. I mean, Ringo, during uh, you know, the Let It Be sessions, he was about to get ready to film the Magic Christian. He was looking forward, he was starting a, a new life as an actor. You know, in addition to doing all the music and everything, I mean, their heads were at different places at different times. And there's so many studies that are being done now, and they're all fascinating because these are four fascinating people. But, you know, you can't pinpoint, you know, one particular reason and what one Beatle said on one particular day. You just have to study it all if you care enough to study extensively about everything. But, you know, it's, it's, um, it is very complicated, and it's fascinating. And of course, we don't yeah. we don't know how John would have felt fifty years after the the fact if he would have mellowed a little bit towards it and said, right. "Gee, you know, I really think they should have continued." But does, every, so does, every, does that mean that every, Paul every, shouldn't then talk about it anymore? Because John's no, not around. If you anymore? want to make a whole show about this, I'm game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go there, go there. Okay. But I forgot to mention, and it's very petty, I think, of Paul to, to, to get out there, and make sure the world knows. Hey, look, it wasn't me. Don't be mad at me, kind of thing. I didn't do it. It was John. At this point, that's one thing that bothered. Whether it was true or not, even though he said in the Life magazine article uh, in in November of '69, the Beatles are done you know, or whatever. It's the little thing is over. He said it then. Uh, but what I wanted to know is I, I, I forgot what I was making my video. That tape that went around uh, for Ringo where they were discussing right. maybe continuing. When was mm -hmm. when was that recorded? 
That was, that was September of 69. It was after, like, was it like a week or two after the initial I want a divorce? Um, yeah, know? okay, that's what I'm saying. So then, no, it, it was I, I didn't even think, think it was it. divorce. Okay, it was before. No, no, no. Okay. The, the idea to make after. another album, to okay. make another album with, you know, John having four songs, Paul four, George right. four, and Ringo two, right. that was like a week before. Okay. And then John did the um, Live Peace in Toronto show, and then he came back. Oh, okay. He yeah. said that he wanted to leave the band. Yeah, I was Jeremy, kind of hoping it was after. Yeah, right. Jeremy says yeah. September 10th, 1969. Okay, there you go. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. Good. Oh, Thank September. you, Jeremy. Okay, yeah. and the 20th was when John uh, blurted out that you know he, he wants a divorce and all that kind of yeah. thing. Because I was thinking, what's interesting about that is that, ironically, John seems like he's the one that thinks the Beatles could work together a lot and go on and maybe do more in that tape. which is. A, but, you know, that's one day. Right. You know, yeah. what he, what John could say the next day could be something completely different. Oh, sure. And, but, uh, you know, but, there's, there's, um, um, go ahead, Kit. Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, I just also wanted to mention that just today there was a New Yorker uh, article uh, profile of Paul that just came out. Uh, worth a read. It's, there isn't a lot of new information in it, uh, but there are a few little tidbits uh, that are interesting where Paul sort of talks about his future plans and then there's some interesting things in there. I don't know if I should spoil them, but uh, you mm. might want to go read them, uh, read the article first, but, uh, but it's definitely worth a read. It's long. And as I said, the majority of it, you know, we all know, but, uh, but it's definitely uh, worth, uh, worth a look. So sorry, I just wanted to get that in there before <laughs> we move on to other stuff. But yeah, I mean, as, as far as, you know, the article about the interview goes, I'm good. I'm curious to hear the whole interview to see. Yeah, that's what yeah. we really need to hear. Yeah, we, we can, need to uh, hear it in context. Drink right. it all in in context. And talk yeah, about it. absolutely. Absolutely. So well, yep. There was a lot to lot to drink in uh, these past couple of weeks, and it's just going to get even crazier <laughs> the next uh -huh. next couple of weeks. That's <laughs> for sure. It. So <laughs> absolutely. So thank you, Ken, as always. You are sure. you are always the man with the news, and and always gather all this this stuff. Uh, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> Keep <laughs> up with everything. Is it just comes fast and fast and furiously. So, well, now we come to our main uh, topic, which, uh, as we said, uh, another listen, we're going to take another look at sometime in New York City. Um, this was a at a very interesting point um, in John and, and Yoko's uh, career. Uh, as you know, they moved uh, to New York and uh, and John you know, as we all know, really loved living in New York. You know, he loved being able to be a bit more anonymous. Uh, they had moved to Greenwich Village and had really gotten politically active um, and had, you know, kind of uh, gotten in with, you know, kind of a far, uh, far left uh, group of activists and, you know, wanted to express this new life they had um, in their music. And they got together with this, uh, with a local kind of a political, another kind of politically active band called Elephant's Memory. Shout out to Gary Van Syak, great guy, mm. a friend of many of us here, um, great bassist in the band. And uh, they recorded this album, which was John's most overtly po mm -hmm. political statement. Um, and 
quite a change from Imagine, uh, quite mm. a change. And it was, uh, and of course, we can throw in during this turbulent time, there were also, you know, the whole the beginning of the issues with John's fight to, you know, get his visa. Um, it, it was, you know, suffice it to say, it was kind of a turbulent time, but I think it was also kind of an exciting time uh, for, for John because he was, you know, really getting fully politically active in American politics. Because remember, when he was a Beatle, you know, for much of the time, he wasn't allowed to mm -hmm. speak about politics. Yeah. So this was his chance, you know, and, and he, he took it. Uh, so we're going to talk about this uh, because when this came out, to say this didn't go over well, <laughs> is putting it mildly. Uh, mm -hmm. It sold poorly. Critics just savaged it. Um, and, uh, you know, fans were very split on it. So it's almost 50 years later. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're going to talk about how has it, how has it aged? Did it deserve that initial critique? Before we talk about this, just a couple of things. Uh, first of all, we've decided for um, the first song, we are not going to say the N-word uh, because we're partially as we're afraid that we could get kicked off YouTube. So, uh, so we are, we have decided, you know, it's, it's of course a word that uh, has, a, you know, uh, great emotional meaning and, and everything. So we've just decided to just use the N-word. Secondly, we are talking about this album mainly in terms as a work of art um, and, you know, both lyrically, musically. So we're not going to get into political arguments. Um, and a number of the political issues on this are kind of out, you know, kind of outdated anyway. Um, so I, you know, just want to make that clear. This is not a political debate. You know, this is about the art. This is about the music. This is about where it, it fits in with John's catalog. So, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> All right. So, so let's get into it. Um, so let me, let me throw this to Ken because Ken, this is, you know, you, you were, you know, you were there when this came out. So as I mentioned, Imagine was his previous release. And then this comes out. What was your reaction when when you first heard this? Well, first of all, um, when this album came out, I was almost 13 years old. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, for most of my childhood and early adult life, I was not politically aware of most of what was going on in the world at all. And, you know, I'm ashamed to say, you know, I was very ignorant about it. I didn't know about any of these people. I didn't know who Angela Davis was. I didn't know who John Sinclair was, you know? Um, and so I wasn't disappointed with this record, but I wasn't prepared for all political, an entire album of all political songs. Yes, we have Give Peace a Chance. You know, yes, we have Power to the People. And it's pretty easy. I think all of us would agree we all want peace in the world. Sure. You know, John was above all a peacenik. But to write about all these different events in Attica State Prison, the, the riot there, you know, I didn't really know what was going on. So it was pretty much above my head at the time. But I just listened to it like I listened to a lot of music, which is, do I like the melody? Do I like the playing? Do I like John's voice? You know, the musical part of it all, not necessarily the message as much. And from that standpoint, I've always loved the music because 
John, to me, is one of our greatest melodic writers. That's never changed. His voice has always been great. And, um, you know, I've always loved John's lyrics. And I've gone through, and I've, I've said this before, there are plenty of songs that I'll sing along to and not really pay attention to what the lyrics are, <laughs> just because I love the song. Mm. And so I can sing along to some of these songs and not really fully understand what's going on or what John was writing about. But certainly in terms of, you know, the melodies, how the songs went, um, and also getting used to the fact that this was a John and Yoko album. This wasn't an all John Lennon album. And that was a big change for me, you know, um, where you're having something close to what, what they did with Double Fantasy. Although really and truly, when you listen to Sometime in New York City, there's only like three songs that are truly all Yoko. There's some collaborations on there, but it became, you know, very much, you know, a married couple presenting themselves as a married couple, espousing their views politically. And over the years, I found that to be really fascinating. But initially, as a 13 year old, you know, the politics didn't matter at all to me. It's more when I put the music on, do I like it? And I've always loved all of John's stuff. I like most of Yoko's stuff on this album. Some of it sounds so much better to me now than ever before. So initially, you know, I wasn't disappointed, but, you know, I wasn't this politically active kid at the time. And so I didn't know, I didn't fully understand what the songs were about. Eventually later on I did, but that was my initial reaction at the time. But still, you know, like I said, with me it's a very visceral thing with music you know do I enjoy it simply by listening to it can I sing along with it do I like the melodies and John's always had one of the greatest voices ever so in that in that regard it was not a disappointment for me Mm -hmm. but it was a big change because of the subject matter and the fact that really Yoko shared with John on this Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty equal partnership. And, and when you mention his voice, I mean, that is one thing that, you know, as I listened to this again, and in preparation for a show, yeah, John's voice sounded great on this. I mean, he really is his voice was, was, you know, in in terrific shape in this still, I mean, you know, he was in, in his prime uh, in, in that sense. Um, uh, Joe, um, now I don't know how how old you were when this came out. Um, you know, were you? <laughs> well, I was ten, but uh, I, I at that point I wasn't into the solo Beatles, and I didn't even really get heavily into the Beatles until around seventy five, seventy six. Okay, so, so and, you know, and so the solo you... Beatles came along around seventy seven. Yeah, so I, discovered, I rediscovered it later, you know, I mean, uh, so to speak. I mean, I didn't I, I didn't have any note, note about it when it was new. Yeah. So you know? when when you did first listen to this, what was your initial reaction? What no, was... By that time, I, I, I was a, a teenager and a big John Lennon fan at the time, you know, wishing that he would come out and make some more music when he was in retirement. And I would gradually listen to all his albums. And I think that whether you like an album or not, if you're fair, um, there has to be something, as I say, if you're listing, listing your most favorite to least favorite, uh, or, or worst, if it's if we think it's terrible, um, something's got to be near the bottom. For me, I thought, uh, you know, sometime in New York City uh, was pretty weak. Um, but again, like Ken was saying, I mean, I, you know, politics, I, 
didn't know anything about politics. I, you know, and I don't think for me personally, I mean, at that age, 10, 13, 15, whatever you want to say, um, I, I don't see any, uh, any need for an interest in it. Everybody's different though. I know there are a lot of young people that are into politics for me. Um, I think, you know, at least get to be like 18, 20 years old, yeah. uh, before you really know what's going on. Um, but anyway, musically though, there were things that I liked, like Ken was saying, you know, I listen for musically. What does it sound like? How do I like it overall? Uh, I can enjoy a song when I don't know what, what they're singing about or when <laughs> I may not agree with what they're singing about. Right. I think sometimes when you uh, agree or like the lyrics, that only enhances it. You know, I mean, you can love music just for the music. Lyrics secondary are not important. But if the lyrics also come together, that, that's even better. But, uh, yeah, so what my feeling on the album was that it would be the, the least at the time when I first heard it of his uh, albums. I had to put it on uh, on the bottom if I was going to rank them along the other ones. And as the years have gone on, I have a very different opinion of that, which will hopefully get to as the show progresses. Yep, absolutely. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I mean, that's the thing when you're younger, you know, particularly when you're like, as you said, 15 or so. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah, not that heavily into politics yet. That's <laughs> yeah. that's for sure. Now, Tom, you're kind of like me that yeah. that you, you know, probably came upon this album long after, long uh, after. It, it was released. Because, yeah, I mean, in right. my case, you know, I was a baby, so right. uh, yeah. I wasn't really yeah. listening to this. Exactly. Uh, so so, Tom, what what about you? When when you when did you first come upon uh sometime in new york city well, and what was your initial yeah. reaction well you, you know in this in the second half of the 80s is when i started you know actually getting some solo beetle stuff and one of the first things i got was shaved fish and obviously you know one of the songs from from this album is on there um and then i think it was in 91 or 92 i ended up getting the uh, that john lennon four city box set when that came out and then you know a couple more songs were were on there i think like new york city and i think um oh johnson claire was probably on that box set as well um so you know kind of like it wasn't all at once um so it was just kind of like a here song here a song here and then finally then when the reissue came out in 2005 that's when i actually um heard it the whole thing uh complete for the first time you know so um but then again like you guys i mean the subject i, I mean I, you know from older relatives i had known that it was, it was a politically charged album and you know that you know not really being that interesting to me at that time it didn't make me run out and want to listen to it you know i mean i'm actually not surprised that you know there's a whole album of, of politically charged songs. I mean, after what we, we get, you know, after getting Give Peace a Chance, Power to the People and, and um, you know, Christmas, you know, War is Over if you want it. Mm -hmm. You know, all that stuff leading to this, you know, it's actually not surprising that uh, we got an album of all politically charged songs. But, you know, for me, listening to it for the first time, you know, there's there's some things that on here that I didn't, you know, I didn't know Angela Davis, just like, you know, Ken, Johnson, Claire, you know, but then when you start, you know, liking us a, a certain song a little bit more, you want to learn about it a little bit more, you know, I, at the time, you know, I, I, 
you know, kind of like John, you know, the, the song John Sinclair. So, you know, I learned a little bit more about him. Um, you know, you learn a little bit more about, um, you know, Attica State, um, you know, especially being a fan of the movie Dog Day Afternoon, what she's doing, you know, Attica and Attica as well. So, you know, you, you so you kind of like put two and two together. I was like, oh, well, Attica, this Attica thing must have been a big deal, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, and that's the thing. It's just like, you know, you listen to it first, and you're kind of like confused maybe but yeah i mean like to your point though ken is you, you listen to you know john his vocals the lyrics do they relate to you um the music is the music um because sometimes that's more important to me than than the lyrics are but um it's it's it was a it was a, a rough uh, go at first, you know. It did take a little while to to drink this all in, and plus, you know, I can see how this this album could uh, you know alienate a fan base of of John's, and you know, I mean, I'm sure there's some people you know that don't agree with probably any of the songs on here or you know or what or what he's singing for or singing about um so i can see the difficulties in that and then why it you know didn't sell very well but yeah but looking back to it now um you know you can i'm really not surprised that we, we find that he did you know an album like this um you know whether or not he may have been misled or um you know took some wrong advice or or just you know maybe but but you know what they cared about these issues and that's what you also got to consider as well does that you know they took the time to learn about these issues and write about these issues and um you know put forth the effort to you know to build an album around them so i don't blame them for that either Now's a good time for me to interject. You know, I, I was going to say um, the controversial issues, I think they're very brave mm-hmm. for doing it. You know, they took a, a real risk by oh, doing yeah. that and sure alienating did. a lot of people. I think they meant well, for sure, but at the same time, were naive in certain ways, you know. Yeah. Um, but I like the I like the risk. You know, I like right. going from, you know, imagine to this and for John, you know, and stuff like that. And uh you know, sometimes I think you have to you have to do that. I mean, in 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 art, you know, it's not just all yeah, about absolutely. just give them more of the same. That's fine too, but or whatever it's going to sell big, you know. I may want to make a statement, you know, and arguably a lot of this stuff is is like we said, dated in the sense that it's not topics of today anymore. But uh, some are, yeah. some aren't. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But but that's no. I I think that's a good point. But yeah, I mean this this definitely took courage to do, and I mean he had to have known that you know this this could alienate some of his fan base, oh, yeah. and clearly he didn't care. I mean yeah. he, you know he he really didn't. And uh, and Tom, you brought up a, a good point because this is this has to do with my initial reaction that. You know, when you 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 hear the album just sort of blind, you, you don't really know the whole context around mm. it, um, and you know you don't know all of the the, the figures that are mentioned right. in in the background, um, and also you know the the kind you know the the story of like the the scene that John and Yoko were hanging out in at mm. the time, um, you know, and and even for me when I first heard it and I even heard the live stuff and the stuff with Frank Zappa, I, I was kind of clueless as to like what Frank Zappa was all about at that point. <laughs> I mean, I vaguely knew who he was, but I mean, I, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, but it was just kind of a, you know, huh? <laughs> what is mm-hmm. this? You know, and, and then of course, you know, now, I mean, when I listen to it now, I, I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan, I will admit, but I, I get it. I mean, the collaboration right. makes sense. 
I mean, it, it, it does. But, uh, but back then, I, when I first heard it, it was probably around the same time uh, as you, Tom. It was a friend of mine who was a huge John Lennon fan. And, and I was just getting a bit more into John's catalog at the time. And, he, and he, I think he like, taped a copy of this <laughs> album for me. And he's like, you've got to check this out. It's really different. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just was just like, what is this? This isn't imagined. What is this? You know, I mean, it was, it, it's, it's jarring. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it really is. And so, yeah, my initial reaction, I was just confused. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I probably liked um, New York City. You know, mm-hmm. that was probably the most accessible right. track on the album. But the rest of it, I just, you know, I just did not get it. Right. And uh, but but when you, you know, learn about it in context, then it makes more sense. It makes more sense. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and besides the fact, I also give John credit for, you know, having this partnership with Yoko. I mean, because I think that was also brave of John to include her on this album as well. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, an album of you know, songs, not just the experimental stuff that they did in the past. And, um, you know, I give him credit for for. for you know, sticking up for her beliefs. And then, you know, and he just became more aware, uh, you know, of these situations and, and wanted to be a better person himself. And, you know, I applaud him for for taking those chances. Absolutely. But but the thing is, though, too, is and when you listen to this album, because what I mean, the only other time you would hear um, Yoko actually sing in a regular voice was on what Bungalow Bill, um, you know, so in all those other times, you just heard her, you know, doing her wailing bit. So, you know, it was kind of like a little bit of a shock to, uh, you know hear her actually sing at first yeah you know which i was actually really impressed that, yeah so songs were good were commercial too right songs yeah. are commercially accessible mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. but uh before we get to the different songs on the album uh let's just talk a little bit about elephant's memory um you know this was uh really i mean they were a known you know vocal band i mean this was not you know they weren't famous uh, musicians uh you know and and certainly john at this point could have picked out anyone he wanted i mean jim keltner was involved in in the album i know that uh toward the end but um what do you think elephant's memories effect was on the record i mean do you think they added anything in particular or you know what what did you think of them as a you know, as his backing band, uh, Joe, and we start with you. I saw you uh, nodding. So <laughs> I'm thinking think? about it. Um, I'm prepared to say that because I think from what I, I've experienced in my fandom, uh, a lot of people seem to knock Elephant's memory. Oh, they're not, you know, the most professional band. They're not the most seasoned band uh, whatnot. Um, I actually like them on the record. I like I love the sound of them on the record. I love everything I hear uh, musically, instrumentally, musicianship on the record. Uh, and in fact, I bought not too long ago, maybe a year, a little less. Uh, I bought one of the albums of Elephant's Memory, and I loved it. And I forget which the title, what the title was on it. It had a great cover, and I think there was an elephant on it. I think John and Yoko produced it. Oh, it was the Apple yeah, uh, there release. Was the one. Yeah. yeah, there was only one I, album they made on Apple. Oh, the only one? I thought I seen other ones with them. Uh, maybe other well, labels? They, yeah, on, on different labels. They've been around yeah. since like the late 60s. Mm-hmm. And, they and, were also, I, and I liked it. Yeah, they contribute a couple songs on the Midnight Cowboy mm. soundtrack. Soundtrack. Oh, that I did not know. Okay. Yeah. So I really, I really enjoy them on the record. I think they add something to the record. And uh, you know, if I'm to, to be fair, uh, maybe not so much live. That's what's, you know, when I, I mean, going by the one-to-one show, I'm a little. Uh, it leaves me a little disappointed, unless we get the 
the nighttime performance, which hopefully we'll we'll get maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, a little little lacking there, perhaps. But on the record, no issues whatsoever. Um, I, I, I like this sound. Yep. And uh, by the way, I see Eva Van Syak to say, <laughs> 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 Hi, Eva. <laughs> Speaking of, have a little bass, a little bass there, right? Yeah, that's right. Come on, yeah, Gary, a little bass. Great, Gary's bass, absolutely, uh, absolutely. So, uh, so uh, Ken, what about you? A little rock and roll there. Yeah. Um, by the way, um, uh, Elephant's Memory, they were not chart toppers by any means, but they had quite a fan base yeah. in New York, in Greenwich Village, and they played, you know, the biggest clubs like the Bitter End there, um, Max's Kansas City, you know, a lot of people wanted to jam with them. In fact, Gary was nice enough. I've interviewed him several times, but on my YouTube channel, I did a three-part interview, and Anything you ever wanted to know about Elephant's Memory is really there. And we should have them on our show. I'm sure he yes. wants to be on our, on our show as well. But they're really a cooking band. And, and um, they, they did a lot of session work. You know, they're very accomplished musicians. I was always under the impression that because, you know, John was looking for a certain sound, a certain raw sound, like a garage band type uh, feel, yeah. that that's the kind of band they were. But that's just what he was in the mood to have at that time. But they were these are very accomplished musicians that that had a reputation in New York and a lot of people knew knew about the band. So, um, yeah, I love their playing throughout sometime in New York City and on their their one and only album on Apple, which still has not been reissued. But, um, <laughs> yeah, some great playing all throughout. The thing about sometime in New York City is, you know, there is that raw quality that you hear in it, like they're live, they're cutting loose in the studio. They may not be the most perfect takes, but they're just right. You know, this is how the band sounds as is. And um, no, I love the sound of Suntime in New York City. I love having a contrast from something far more, I don't want to say Slick. polished because not everything on Imagine is polished, right. you know? But, you know, um, but having that rawness yeah. on sometime in New York City. And I'm sure a lot of fans crave that, you know, in, in an artist like John. It just fits him so well, mm -hmm. you know? I remember Gary telling me the first time that they got together and they were in the studio, they jammed throughout the night doing lots of 50s rock and roll. Man, what I love to hear are those tapes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll bet they were on fire, even just, you know, from even though it was the first time getting mm -hmm. together but mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. i i agree tom how about uh, how about you yeah you it, yeah it was completely different it, it it did you know i do agree with ken about that you know that garage band feel um you know after getting you know listening to to um plastic ono band and, and imagine you know you got you you get used to a certain sound from from john you know especially um you know working with those musicians and then going over to sometime in new york city completely different feel and yeah there's some really standout things i you know i, I love the the um 
guitar playing from Wayne Gabriel, and I love the the um, the sax playing from from Stan as well. I mean, those yes. are two standouts for me. I mean, I I, I guess I got to you know I'm not gonna leave out Sack either, but <laughs> <laughs> since his wife is watching, but you know, but when I th- but when I think of certain yeah yeah, but when I think of certain songs on this album, I mean, I was like the sax is 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 always been a favorite of mine, and I you know I really yeah. love and I really yeah. love what I what I hear um on these songs that feature that in uh, you know in Wayne is gu- guitar playing I think is really um uh, really good on here as well so. yeah yeah I mean that's that's the thing I mean I that was one thing when I first heard the album that while I was confused and everything yeah I always thought but this band is great I mean mm. yeah that's as you said Ken that looseness that mm. that you know rawness to it and it fit the tone of the album perfectly i mean it, right. it really did you know preciseness and smoothness wasn't the point of this album i mean right. it, you know it wasn't and and they fit that perfectly and uh, i think it was uh yes uh i think yeah jeremy just talked about yeah one of the tracks like on we're all water i mean they cook on that i mean yeah. it's, it's yeah. you know that's yeah. uh absolutely so i i think um, you know, they, I, I kind of wish John would have done more with them. I think they were uh, they were a fun band, and and I, I agree. I think they added a lot to uh, oh. to this album. Absolutely. All right, so let's let's get into, um, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about the lyrics. Um, in terms of you know, one of the things that the album has been criticized for, um are the the quality of the lyrics and and one of the things that uh john talked about in interviews is one of the the sort of approaches he took and it's right on the front cover is a journalistic approach that he wanted it to be like newspaper headlines and and the lyrics are definitely kind of blunt (laughs) you know (laughs) i mean he doesn't beat around the bush um you know but did the lyrics always was that an effective approach do you think i mean were the you know did you think the lyrics you know this kind of approach worked on this record as opposed to some of the you know some of his other albums or did you think it you know didn't work as well on on this album i mean you know what what did you think overall i mean you know just about the quality of of the lyrics and you know communicating messages because for this record because this is such a political record that they were pretty important you know so uh so ken's ken's nodding so (laughs) why don't we start with chad well most of the time uh the lyrics worked for me once i came to know what you know each song was about um certainly uh the opening track woman is the end of of the world you know, I think they're very effective in driving home this message of how women are put down in our society, and we don't treat them as equals with men. We make we make them, uh, you know, pay to pay to face, face and dance, you know, and all that. Um, the lyrics on Angela, I find to be really touching. In fact, I wrote down. Um, some lyrics here, Angela, you're one of the millions of political prisoners in the world. Sister, there is a wind that never dies. Sister, we're breathing together. Sister, our loves and hopes forever keep on moving. 
oh so slowly in the world. That's very effective to me. That sounds more like Yoko's words to me <laughs> than John's, but uh, yeah. obviously with saying sister all the time. But, you know, there are certain words in there that I think really work for those songs. They really tell a story. I like the lyrics of Attic Estate very much. Um, and sometimes I think bluntness really works <laughs> in mm -hmm. a song. You know, Rockefeller pulled the trigger. That is what the people feel. That's really just saying it like it is how some people felt in that situation of what happened. So, you know, the only lyrics that really bother me um, in the song are from the luck of the Irish. I was, uh, was going to say. Know, <laughs> let, let's walk over rainbows like leprechauns and the world will would be one big Blarney stone. No, no, that doesn't work for me very much. No. But uh for the most part, I like most of the lyrics of the songs. I think they work for, for you know, every, every story that he's telling about all these various people and the causes, whether it's feminism, feminism or New York City, which is very autobiographical. It's kind of like, you know, a more modern ballad of John and Yoko. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you will. But yeah, yeah I, I, like, um, I like most of the lyrics on, on the album. I think they work. Okay, uh, so Joe, I saw you looking looking at some well, notes. So it looks like you've some yeah, but to the say. whole thing is, I have all the songs written down, and a lot of the places I mentioned the lyrics. Yeah, so I gotta like pick them out. Oh, sure. Out where they That's are. okay. No, but um, yeah, it's hit and miss for me. Mostly hit. I like most of the lyrics. A uh, woman is the N word of the world. I I love how uh, he defends women. You know, uh, Yoko really had a strong influence on John with that song, by the way, in general, I think, uh, as far as him becoming more appreciative and respectful of women and, and what they've done for him in his life and the, the world in general. Uh, and I, I love the lyrics really get it across how they're mistreated. Ken mentioned some of them. I like clever lines like, uh, while telling her not to be so smart, we put it down for being so dumb. Hey, guys, I got to excuse that. myself for one second. I'll be oh, right sure. back. So, Kim, no if you want to go next, I'll be right back. Okay, Was it no something problem. I said? <laughs> 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 no I'm kidding. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, lo I love all, all the ly lyrics in that, in that song. Uh, they, really, they really like... Uh, drive it home, you know, uh, make her paint a face and dance, all the things that people do. We insult her every day on TV, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, then you have a song like um, Attica State, for example, which I don't know if we're going to see again. I, I, I have things to say positive about the song. Well, I look we'll, like the high end. We'll get to that later, but yes. <laughs> well, how do I? It's hard to do it this way. But anyway, yeah. okay. Well, uh, I don't. No, I don't agree with all the sentiment in it. It's a personal thing. I don't believe we should free prisoners and jail judges, mm -hmm. but uh, or that we're all mates with Attica State. You know, I don't really necessarily uh, <laughs> agree with that. But I like the song, which we'll get to later. I like the energy, yep. the high energy of the song, so I love it anyway. Uh, John uh, once said that he likes Yoko's lyrics because they're so poetic. And, you know, a lot of people put Yoko down, uh, obviously, but I uh, support her. And I think she's a good writer a lot of times, like in Born in a Prison. So, you know, some of the lyrics mm. there, like, uh, wood becomes a flute when it's loved, and the mirror becomes a razor when it's broken. Things like that. Uh, good lyrics in there from, from uh, Yoko. And... Uh, 
I could go up and down here. Um, same thing with We're All Water if we're sticking with Yoko, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll get to that song, I'm sure, later. I love some of the, the, the lyrics in that, you know, yep. about that. Uh, there may not be much difference between Chairman Mao, Richard Nixon, yeah. you know, et cetera, and all the different comparisons when you just get down to it, everybody's the same when you strip them of all their uh, outer layers. We were all yeah. wind up being people, and that that kind of the whole concept of that I love. Um, you know, in Luck of the Irish, you know, uh, Ken was starting to talk about it. You know, some you know harsh words in there, but it is a harsh and angry song. It, it, you know, even though in the guise of a nice like uh, melodic piece, but uh, I think the mild swearing in there uh, kind of works for that song. Actually, uh, I wouldn't say they're great lyrics. But uh, I kind of think they're effective in that song. Uh, and uh, that's off the top of my head. That's mm-hmm. some of the lyrics. Uh, you know, ones I mostly like and, you know, a couple I mentioned I'm not keen on personally, but that's all subjective. Um, overall, I think you, you get they get to both John and Yoko get to the core of the matter and they do it with punch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Getting to the core of the matter is definitely uh, the key <laughs> on on this album. That's for sure. As I said, and, and that's that's what he said he wanted to do. I mean, like have these be headlines uh, and then this blunt style. Absolutely. So, uh, Tom, do you do you want to go next or do you? Yeah, no, I'll go next. Um, yeah. You know, when you when you, when you listen to. Um it's it's kind of you know when you're younger and you're listening to all these chronological um you know you listen to classic ono band and then imagine then come to this it's it's definitely really a different for in my personal uh, experience just you know taking all of these all of this stuff in because you know obviously you get the you know the rawness and the in the, in the you know hurt that that john was going through in the, in the first album and then you know progressing to the second to imagine and then then coming to this it was a little bit of a challenge but you know starting with songs like um you know john sinclair you know i, I mean it again it's just it's not something that's uh, is, is very powerful, I, I don't think, or if it's still relevant today, but, um, you know, it's, it's fine, you know, they gave him 10 for two, I mean, that's, that was okay, but, you know, then the, you know, got to, got to, got to, got to, got to, got to you know, was kind of uh, annoying a little bit, not as bad as really, 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 really hard from Paul, but. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of a comparison I could come up with wow. when you did it, for right. <laughs> You know, but I mean, it's, uh, I it's love fine. you very, 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 very much. Very, very much yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you know, and can you bring up luck of the Irish and yeah, the, the court, the, the, the verses I think are silly, but I, I do tend to like the chorus. You know, if you had the luck of the Irish, you, um, uh, you'd be sorry, you'd be sorry wish, wish, you wish you were, you were dead. dead. You know? Yeah. If you had the luck of the Irish, you, you wish you was English instead. I mean, I think to like to that, I mean, yeah, that's the headline right there to me. I mean, you know, uh, that, that kit you were talking about um that was you know fine new york city you know ken you mentioned about um you know kind of being like the sequel to to ballad of john and yoko i think you said yeah. you know and you know and i definitely you know agree with that i mean i don't think that these lyrics are like 
you know, they're going to get uh, nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize or anything like that. <laughs> or, <laughs> but I mean, they're more, I consider more anthem songs, which are more about the chorus than they are really about the verse. I, I, hmm. I think, you know, get your message said over and over again, power to the people, power to the people, you know, war is over if you want it, um, you know, uh, woman is the end of the world you know that i mean i do think the 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 chorus is you know for these for these songs are more powerful to me than the actual you know verses so i mean for that i mean that's what i tend to gravitate more when i listen to this album than anything else well that's an, you know. okay. yeah that's yeah that's an interesting point because like particularly with john sinclair i mean he wrote that mm. you know for a rally and right. and it really shows because i mean you you can sing along you know i mean the, it really sticks in your head mm-hmm. and and you know and he wrote it so that everybody could kind of clap along and you know and all that so i mean that's a that's a good point that in some cases you know poetic lyrics may not have been the point right so I and mean, then something like that it actually kind of worked i mean i don't know if it's because of that song but i mean he was released you know a few days after the ann arbor uh i believe, I believe the right. ann, Ar- ann arbor concert uh-huh. you know so so by the time the album came out right it was, it was already old. Point, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. but it's still yeah. a good song right yeah. Matters, yeah. yeah and but... break guitar playing on a doom do doom i love that yeah slide guitar is great yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I, I like yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree. The lyrics are kind of hit or miss. I mean, there are some cringeworthy lines that, that, that kind of, you know, interfere with the listening experience. I mean, like Angela, I mean, that line, they gave you coffee, they gave you tea, they yeah. gave you everything but equality. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. I mean, that, or the jailhouse that, key. The jailhouse yeah, right. I mean, that. <laughs> That, that just really, I mean, there are just some like overly simplistic kind of lines that, that um, you know, really are, are cringeworthy. Or, yes, uh, Ken, that Luck of the Irish um, uh, line that, that um, you mentioned. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, you know, very stereotypical kind of images. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, you know, a case where, as, as you said, Joe, it's well-intentioned, you know, a number, they're very, they're well-intentioned, but, you know, there are times where, you, you know, I, I could go with a little more subtlety than being kind of just hit over the head all the time with, you know, with these just blunt, you know, such bluntness. I mean, I, I don't mind, you know, some blunt uh, statements, but all blunt images to me can get a little, you know, it like even born in a prison, um, mm. you know, it, it just got repetitive for me, um, you know, just, just singing, just, compa- you know, born in a prison, die in a prison, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to find the, I have the lyrics here somewhere, here we go, um, yeah, we, we, you know, we're born in a prison, raised in a prison, sent to pr- a prison called school, we cry in a prison, we love in a prison, just like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay i have no problem with that. i get it <laughs> i mean you know just some of it was a little bit of of, of just too repetitive um you mm. know for for my taste but um but you know tom really what you said kind of made me rethink mm. some of this that that maybe it wasn't the point that that some of this is about 
kind of creating anthems and sing-along well when i say sing-alongs i mean it's you know like as in at rallies right i mean because when you really think about it when you see the title of these songs those are the words that they're actually really bringing home i mean you listen to yoko sing sunday bloody sunday i mean that's i think to me the most is the most powerful part of their song is her singing that song that you know yeah and then you know and then obviously uh not it um it's not the 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 title of the song but you know when john says you know make them paint their face red and dance i mean that's i mean i don't think that can get any more powerful when he sings you know the the rawness from his voice from that but yeah but but the but the titles of these songs i think are the really the point that they're really going after yeah i still would i i would give the songs a bit more credit Mm -hmm. you know the you talk about the choruses and the Beatles are champions of writing great choruses, choruses and great right. hooks that really stand out. And yeah, you know, when I think of some of these songs, I do think of the choruses, but I think some of the verses really tell a story at the same time. No, the lyrics aren't always perfect. And there's a few clunkers in there that we can bring up. But if you, you know, it's kind of like I just posted on Facebook on my page for John's birthday, um, bring on the Lucy for you to be mm-hmm. I mean, there's another one where there's the chorus and it's such a great chorus mm. free the people now right. yeah, do, it, like, do it do it do it do it, do it, do it now. now yeah you know but i love the lyrics of the verses too leading into it mm-hmm. it all has to there's a relationship there between the verses and the, oh, yeah. and the chorus and it all they do work you know yep. in most mm-hmm. cases and they do tell a story of what was going on mm-hmm. mm. absolutely all right so let's get to highlights um, I mean, we've, we've kind of touched on a bit already, but um, what are some tracks that you think are the, the standouts for you um, mm. on, on this album? Um, so, uh, so Tom, let's, let's start with you. What are the, what are some of your, you know, you think are the strongest tracks? Strongest tracks, um, you know, I go to New York City, I think is for me, probably the the best uh, track on on this album. Uh, I really dig the energy uh, on this one. Um, I I tend to like uh, Yoko on this album. I you know, like I said, yeah. I, I tend to like what she did with Sunday Bloody Sunday with that chorus. I like her her singing in Sisters Oh Sisters. I like her singing in Born in a Prison, even though you know you talked about Kid how some of it's repetitive. But mm. you know, there's a lot of songs that are that are repetitive that are out there. Um, and then we're all water i love the name checking in in we're all water and you know just you know the you get the opposite ends and then yeah we, and when you boil it all down we are all the same you know i mean obviously mm-hmm. we're gonna have all these differences but you know when you strip us naked we're kind of you know right down to the skeleton right down right. to the skeleton absolutely <laughs> all the same. Almost, I, you know what and i do tend to like you know woman is the end of the world as specifically i like the music of it i do like the sax like i like i talked about um on there um luck of the irish for some reason silly lyric or not i just have always dug it <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's just always yeah, something about it that i that i've really appreciated and and sunday boy sunday too is i think is a is is a pretty is a quality track uh on here instrumental wise and uh and lyrically so mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Good yeah. choices all. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Ken, how about you? What are what are some of the highlights for you? Well, I must say that Woman is the End of the World is a song that has become one of my favorite mm. of John's solo songs now. Not just because of the message, obviously his vocals are out of sight on yeah. that song. I love the sax playing 
from Stan Bronstein on it, which makes such a big difference in the song. I love the orchestration. I love the the way the song ends. It, it's in suspension. You know, nice, we make nice. our pay to face and dance. dance. It's such yeah. an unusual ending. You're waiting yeah. for it to end clean or something, and it doesn't, and it keeps repeating. And John's yeah. vocals are so great when he's screaming at the end. I think it's just as powerful dance. just when he's doing that, screaming that. I think it's just as powerful as when he's screaming, Mother, don't go, Daddy, come home at the end of mm. Mother, you know. I, I look kind of look at him like kind of like brother and sisters there at you know towards the end of those that rawness of his voice is just wonderful yeah interesting um i do like born in a prison a lot it has a real jazz feel to it mm -hmm. um especially with the sax adding so much to it and it kind of led to to me it's when i listen to yoko's song death of samantha kind of reminds me a bit of that she was moving in that kind of a direction a slow moody jazzy piece and um yeah i love born in a prison a lot more now i love angela a lot more now and that was one of the few songs from john i didn't care for i love the melodies i love how john and yoko's voices blend so well on it and you know they're kind of like at the same volume mm. you know there isn't one that's dominating the other um attica state is so edgy i love it it's only it's just too short a song right. for me. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, I love the lyrics of it. I love the chorus. Come on, New York City is, a, is an all in out great rocker, no doubt about it. And it's very Chuck Berry influenced. Um, yeah, John Sinclair, we mentioned the slide guitar part. Mm. I'm not bothered at all by the got to got to got to got to. Yeah, me either. You know, me either. You know I think that adds a little tension there and you're waiting for it to end and to get to go into the song. <laughs> you know, a little anticipation there for, you know, when is the song going to continue? Um, yeah, John Sinclair is so catchy. Great hooks throughout the song. Yeah, most of the album I really like and a lot, you know, and um, and like you were saying, Tom, you know, you got used to hearing Yoko really sing, mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to, you know, people yeah, call it screaming. Yeah. I also, you know, call it vocal improvisation mm. yeah. <laughs> because, you know, some people can look at it that way, depending upon your own interpretation. Right. She's wailing away with her vocals the way a guitar player would would do a solo. Mm -hmm. um, but to hear it on um, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Oh, the luck of the Irish is very much like like Angela in the sense that, you know, they're they are duetting right on that mm -hmm. song and it works really well there. Although, you know, some of the lyrics I could do without the chorus is great. There are some really high moments throughout the, the entire album. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's one other thing I wanted to say about this album, which is that like a lot of people, I took this attitude growing up that. You know, entertainers should stick to being entertaining and not mix politics with their work. And now, you know, I think the complete opposite. I admire artists when they when they say how they feel about what's going on in the world, regardless of whether I whether or not I agree with their politics, because mm. they're sticking their necks out. And like we said earlier, they could lose part of their fan base. They could lose record yeah. sales, yeah. but they care more about what they're singing about and the causes than they care about you know, how commercially successful they are. Wow. So, um, yeah. So, yep. and that's just the great thing about studying all this music. There's such a contrast between this and Imagine and Plastic on Old Band. And uh, it's part of what I love about exploring this catalog. Yep. Mm. Very true. Very mm. true. Good point. 
Okay, Joe, at the, you were kind of alluding to this earlier about uh, songs you like and everything. Yeah. So now's your chance. Well, <laughs> well uh, you know, now, now I think this is an underrated album, uh, uh, you know, these days. And uh, I enjoy every song on the album except for one, which I can leave for later if you want to talk about a low, any low point yeah, or not. We'll do, yeah, or, we'll get to low lights in a minute. Yeah. Because I don't know if anybody has any, but uh, mm -hmm. Woman is the End of the World. I mean, uh, boy, everything. Ken said, I love that bit you said about the ending. I never thought to put it quite like that, Ken, but mm. suspension and like that. It is, it is really a great, great end to it. I love the saxophone in there. I love the gritty sound, the production of it. I, 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 I usually like things a little more clear, discernible maybe, but there's something about this, the, the quality of this, the slightly gritty uh, that I kind of love. And, uh, you know, I talked about the lyrics before. I like that. John's it's like actually, a very grainy film noir film from the forties. A grainy film noir mm. film from the forties in the in the seventies. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like you know the, the subject matter that you know John is is now coming around and starting to grow a little bit as far as respecting women. We haven't talked about. I don't think anybody's mentioned. Maybe I'm wrong. Sisters or sisters which yeah. is one of my favorite Yoko songs, hands down. It's mm -hmm. poppy. It's a girl group sound. I always feel like I'm yes. listening to a girl group or something <laughs> when I hear that, you know? Um, I just love the way she sings on that. I think she, I agree with Tom. I think she's great on this album pretty much in general. It's one of her best performances vocally. Um, Attic Estate, uh, high octane energy. Uh, I, I love the, the chorus. Uh, even though, you know, I might not agree 100% with uh, their uh, affection they have for some of the, some of the people uh, in the song. But, uh, hey, I like listening to the song. We talked about that earlier. The, you know, how does it sound? Do you enjoy the song? You know, mm -hmm. I enjoy the song. Born in a Prison. Very, it's a pretty song. Uh, arrangement. It's a pretty arrangement. Uh, uh, love the harmonizing when John comes in to sing along Uh with Yoko uh, and those poetic lyrics that I mentioned earlier that Yoko writes. New York City, probably my favorite song on the album. I think, Tom, you said that you like that the best. You know, it's rare that you get a rocker, I think, from John, really. You know, and that one is just pretty, uh, you know, putting them to the wall kind of uh, rock and roll. Um, love the musicianship on it. There's a guitar solo I love. And then after you get done with the guitar solo digging that later on is piano mm -hmm. solo <clears throat> i love the piano on there it's, it's fantastic and, and I, I like the way john actually tries to fit so many words into these some of these lines he's trying to like get them in he's there singing really uh, quickly you know yeah, in, the verse, yeah, in the verses yeah. you know what is it uh, laid something down as the news spread around about the plastic oh no hell if it's my rebound <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, it just cracks me up he's trying to like get this uh, you know get this in um i'll skip over one song uh later for later uh let's see john sinclair you know i'm not i'm not a I'm not a pot smoker. I'm not a fan. Some people think I could use a little pot smoking, but uh, <laughs> personally, I'm not really into it. But I can I can empathize with the you know getting ten for two, you know, and John's cause in that. And I love the slide guitar, the guitar as we have uh, been mentioning earlier. Luck of the Irish. Uh, yeah, I, I love the the two of them, John and Yoko singing on that. Uh, I think it's a really nice sounding song. It's just bizarre how there's some harsh. Uh, words in there, uh, you know, cussing 
that mm-hmm. I think kind of uh, contrasts it in a way yep. nicely. Angela, another pretty sounding song. Love the melody. Love uh, John and Yoko singing together in unison on it. Um, yeah, um, I, I'm I, I, I'm fifty percent behind most of it <laughs> what, what it's about, but it it's not a hundred percent necessarily. But it, it's a beautiful song. Uh, and we're all water. Oh, come on, toward the force for for Yoko. Mm-hmm. Uh, completely <laughs> going crazy with clever lyrics. I think right. those lyrics are clever. Uh, and the thing about her with her caterwauling, if you will, whatever you want to call it, you know, it's funny. I don't like listening to that when it's all it is, but when it's used, I don't know, modestly, or in this case, maybe not so much, but it's put in for a purpose at a time, you know, rather than just doing it throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it like that. I enjoyed it like in Kiss, Kiss, Kiss. You see a little uh, of her, at, you know, hear a little of her at the end going off into sounds and noises and things like that and i'm moving on she does a little at the end of that that kind of thing i think her uh over the top outrageousness delightfully compliments we're all water i really i really like that and that's some of my uh feelings on on uh the songs there's only one that i don't like wow you're just gonna leave us guessing huh <laughs> oh no, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get yeah, to that in a second. Oh, you're the only one who has one. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh no, I've I've got I've got oh, a few. All but, right, um, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, for me, definitely World Water. I'm I'm in complete agreement with you, Joe. I think that's a tour de force for for Yoko. Very clever, t- funny lyrics too. I mean, there's some humor in there. Um, and uh, but yeah, great. Uh, as I've said earlier, great performance from Elephant's Memory and, uh, you know, great vocals from her. Um, I, John Sinclair, as we talked about earlier, uh, catchy, you know, catchy lyrics, love the slide guitar, and I like John's interplay, uh, mm. you know, vocal interplay with that guitar. Uh, New York City, you know, kind of a sequel to Ballad of John and Yoko. If you want to know about this period in their lives, as I kind of, you know, introduced it earlier, listen to this song. It, it's, <laughs> it's a summary. I mm. mean, that's, that's what it is. And it's a great rocker. As you said, Ken, Chuck, uh, definitely Chuck Berry influence. Yeah. Uh, Sisters Oh Sisters. I'm glad you mentioned that, Joe, because, yeah, it, really, it does have a girl group, you know, uh, uh, feel to it. And I mean, that has to be intentional. I mean, is it, it, I mean it, it has to be. Uh, and I love that. Uh, you know, I think that's a very clever uh, arrangement. Um, and uh, Sunday, Blund- uh, Sunday, Bloody Sunday, I think, is uh, is another favorite, too. I like the, you know, the, the rock and almost a little, a little funk to it. Mm, yeah, you know, it's yeah. got a little bit of that a funky. Yeah, it's a little yes. funky. The sax solo mm-hmm. is uh, just uh, just rips. I mean, it's a great, great solo at John, you know, yelling out do it do it do it i mean it just it, it does you know really hype you up i mean which mm. is what these songs are are supposed to do and i like them um, and i'm sorry somebody mentioned earlier in the comments they didn't like yoko's part on that and uh, i have to respectfully dis- d- uh, disagree yeah. i actually like her vocals on that yeah. they work it they work yeah. in the context of, of this song uh i think it's I uh, they you know it's a little bit of a it is a contrast Mm-hmm. Uh, but in mm-hmm. this case, for me, it works. Um, and uh, so those are those are the highlights for me. 
for sure. So now, um, any any um, I hate to call them low lights, but I mean any any areas where you think, you know, yeah, this is where I can see where people didn't like this album. Um, you know, it could be a particular song, or it could be, right. you know, just elements of the album that you could well, see why critics attacked it. Yeah. So, uh, Tom, what about what do you? Think? I mean, th- th- it's not that I I I hate these songs. It's just like there's some that I think maybe they should have thought twice about doing the song about the situation. Like, did they know Angela Davis was a communist? Because I wouldn't have sang in her favor if I knew she was a communist. I mean, that's just the way I feel about that situation. Did they know the outcome of, I mean, I know they visited the families of some of the guards, I think from what happened in Attica State, but I mean, uh, you know, I don't know if they really felt or if they were 100%, um, you know, into, you know, everything that happened in that situation. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm still going, I'm still learning about the, the you know, these events that happened, you know, mm-hmm. all of these years ago. So, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, bash them for, for putting, sticking their necks out, like we said, to sing about these certain things. But when you learn about, you know, certain, some of these events that happened, you know, you, I mean, sometimes you might want to question if they were being a little naive about this or. Yeah, that's what I said or what, early what? on. That's why I agree with you on that, Tom. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's not necessarily I hate the songs. It's just more or less maybe some of the subject matter that they're singing about. It was definitely risky, uh, risky subject matter. That's that's for uh, sure. Now, you, Joe, you we're, know, we're wanting to know what is, no. what is the song? <laughs> I, I wanted to I wanted to segue from you into, into possibly into Sunday Bloody Sunday. Yeah. It's just a completely personal thing. I just mm-hmm. think it's the weak point of the album. Mm-hmm. I think it may be John's worst song in my opinion, of his solo career. Um, I'm not counting stuff like uh, Cooking in the Kitchen of Love, perhaps. (laughs) Uh, Which Ringo sings, he wrote for Ringo. Or Forgive Me My Little Flower Princess, which is, that's not really completed. Right. Anyway. So yeah, it's it's my my least favorite. I mean, again, I wouldn't skip it. I don't skip it when I listen to this album. I listen to it. And, you know, you almost made me like... Like it, Kit, when you were talking about sax in it. You're right. I like sax. We like the horns and these things, sax and everything. And I do like that part. Um, I don't really like to fade out and fade in in this case. Oh, yeah. Oh, I I, I, I I do. I really like it. I love it. I I mean, I'm not against fade out and fade ins in general, just this one. And I, and I'm, I'm, I wanted to defend Yoko first and say how much I liked her on this album so I could say, I personally, that she sounds irritating on this chorus. It's annoying mm. to me, mm. but uh, again, I, I I still listen to it. <laughs> I just mm. think it's unmelodic, erratic, disjointed. It's kind of like, you know, it's not it's not very melodic to my ears. It but, it does uh, have a little bit of a chaotic sound to it. I will say that. Yeah, yeah it it does. So, but then there was and, a lot of uh, chaotic events going on back then. I would think. Yeah, true. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yep. So that's oh. it. <laughs> the right. only complaint really the yeah album. well not bad i mean that that's that's a pretty uh <laughs> pretty small complaint uh, yeah. overall i mean that's yeah uh ken how about you is there you know is you overall were positive about uh, yeah the album you know i think that this album has really risen in my eyes through the years um probably my least favorite Lennon album would now be rock and roll <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and and i say that knowing you know 
John loved the 50s rock and roll, and I think most of the arrangements on that album are great, but I, I will always favor original songs, I think, in yeah. the Beatles over the, the covers. But um, I think the, the, the reason why this album didn't do so well, there's a couple, and I think that you know, it was overtly political, and even though many of his fans didn't mind when he was singing about peace and give peace a chance and those songs, every song here had some kind of political message. Mm. And even in New York City, he's mentioning, you know, David Peel and Jerry right. Rubin and political figures of the time. So, and also, I think a lot of fans kind of felt like, you know, he, he's, he's jamming Yoko down our throats and, yeah. you know, forcing us to accept her. And for a lot of people, that was very difficult. And so many people still to this day won't give her music a chance, even when she does stuff that's even more commercial. And all she's not doing the. Give Yoko a all we are saying is give Yoko a chance. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yep. So I think it's a combination of all that. He picked the single that no way in yeah, hell well. was AM radio going to play. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, what's really ironic. I was just thinking about this in preparation for the show and I looked this up. But that very same year that John did Woman is the End of the World, within months, Helen Reddy released I Am Woman, right, which was a number one song mm. in this country. You know, both songs have the same message, but both were approached completely differently. What, and I love and, that song, I Am Woman. I, love, I would, really like that song. Would Woman is the End of the World be more powerful if Yoko sang it or have more meaning? People would have given yeah, her a yeah. chance, you know, yeah. on the radio. Yeah. But maybe yeah. if John had used a different word, yeah. Uh, but she, he but he wanted to, to keep the integrity of what of the term that Yoko used Yoko for years. that Nova interview. Mm -hmm. And I agree. But yeah. the, the the timing was perfect for a song like that. You yeah. know, it was the height of the women's live movement. Yep. You had all yeah. the Norman Lear shows. You had Maud on television. Sure. You know? <laughs> yeah. And you had I Am Woman as the number one song. And, and uh, you know, yeah. people were, were ready to accept that as a message. But I don't think they were ready to accept it this way, the way that John did it. And, and the word said, and the word to word wasn't the word wasn't as you usually think of it. No. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the congressman, I forgot his name right now. He talked about that. And, and, and John talked about that on the Dick Cavett show um, yeah. as well. He talked about the congressman that stuck up for him, um, Ron Delame, Delums. Was that how you pronounce mm -hmm. his name? Right. Um, but you mentioned that the uh, woman's the end probably wasn't the best single. Maybe, you know, they weren't yeah. going to play it. I mean, was there another single on here? Ken, in your in your yeah, I was uh, wondering your ears. <laughs> probably the only thing I could see, as much as I think John Sinclair is really catchy, hmm. probably New York City. New York yeah. City. yeah, New York City. Hands down, that was the yeah. most accessible. Yeah, mm. I would have picked that. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah I, I I love Woman is the End of the World mm. now, and for all these reasons. And I was just remembering, you know, I'm talking about the ending of that song. I do love unexpected endings. And I've mm -hmm. talked about too many people from Paul mm. and how yeah. that ends. You know, it goes in this instrumental way mm -hmm. that you don't expect. I really dig songs that end that way in yeah. ways that you don't expect. Yep. But um, yeah, otherwise, I personally don't have any complaints about this album. I love it more now than I ever have before because John and Yoko, uh, you know, stuck their necks out and did songs that were 
you know, important to them at the time. It also took guts to present themselves as a couple. And I also think that, you know, just as we've learned from watching the Imagine sessions, how much Yoko was an influence on what John was doing, I can't imagine John doing most of these songs or any of these songs without Yoko by his side in the first place. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, they really were a couple. Right. Yeah. No question. It was such a, a major influence. You know, mm-hmm. it's one thing to write Revolution or even just the peace songs, but here he's writing about very specific people and events. And um, I think, you know, when, when you watch the interviews of John and Yoko at that time, Yoko seems very prepared to talk about all this stuff. And so does John. Yeah. And so, you know, they communicated their ideas very well in these shows like Mike Douglas or, or Dick Cavett. Dick Cavett. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. It's, Absolutely. It's, it was a big step to not only put out a solo album but, and make it political, but to make it an album by a, a married couple. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Remember the story. Remember the story. Dick Cavett saying that you know, of course, he allowed uh, John to sing that song "Woman Is the End right. of the World." But he apologized on there. First. Yeah, and, and then he had some kind of a right a disclaimer or something. He apologized. Yeah, something like that. Apology. At the beginning, and that's what people. He said people called in uh, or complaining about complaining that right. about that, not the song. Yeah. About, yeah. Right. Yep. Having that wow. message. Yeah. Right. Wow. Um, so before we get to our, our overall judgment of, of, or reassessment of, of the album, uh, I just want to mention a number of people uh, have been commenting about uh, the live uh, disc that came with the album. Oh, and, yeah, and we didn't we, mention that. Yeah, and, and we, we decided not to really you know, intensively yeah. <laughs> review it because as you can see by the time we had enough to work with, with the, you know, the studio <laughs> recordings. But uh, is there, is there any uh, quick things we want to say about uh, the live, uh, the live disc? Um, I, I mean, I found the, um, you know, the, the Plastic Ono band um, stuff interesting. I mean, that version of Cold Turkey is mm. really intense. I mean, I, yeah. you know, that is really great yeah. to have. Um, I, like I mean, that is incredible. Um, the Zappa An amazing stuff, lineup of musicians. And of course, yeah. the lineup. I mean, wow. So, I mean, it's great to have that. Um, you know, and the Zappa stuff is kind of interesting. Um, I, you know, it's, it's not something that I would listen to repeatedly let's put it that way but you know it's interesting to hear them collaborate um but it's just not something that you know nice to have but it's not something that i would i would have on repeat i don't know about you guys (laughs) so so is there anything you you guys want to uh well i like i like well baby please don't go uh i i enjoy cold turkey as as you said kit um Oh man, I've tried to get through all that stuff a lot of times. I just, I, yeah. I don't like it. You know, the rest of it. In fact, there was a single, a CD, one of the times it came out in 2005. Five, it, was yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it was a single disc. And right. they put, and she put, uh, I guess, Yoko, Cold Turkey, Don't Worry Kyoko, and uh, Well Baby, Please Don't Go. And that was, right. and that's it from the, yeah. the live yeah. jam. I mean, you know, they it's eliminated just not, the phrase after me. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What about Ken? You've got the the John Lennon collection CD there, right? Does this that the, the, does that have the double? Is that the 
the, that's the uh, double one. That's the so it's yeah, it kept the integrity of the original uh, release. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I would pretty much echo your words on this. Uh, Cold Turkey kicks butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you got to remember, you got Eric Clapton on there, George Harrison, Delaney and Bonnie, Keith Moon, Jim Keltner, so many great people, Klaus Bravo. Foreman. Great lineup, you know, superstar lineup on that. And I love Well, Baby, Please Don't Go. Yeah. And then later on, you learn how John rehearsed that song a lot during mm-hmm. uh, Plastic on Old Band and Imagine. And boy, he sounds so comfortable on that song. Absolutely. It's a great live recording of Well, mm. Baby, Please Don't Go. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Tom, any, uh, any uh, thoughts? It's, for me, it's all about cold turkey and Well, Baby, Please Don't Go. Yeah. That's, yep. I mean, for me, those are the, the two standout tracks of that whole second uh, disc. Yep. <laughs> Jeremy saying, it's okay. You guys can say the last three tracks are what they are. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So final assessment time. So it's almost 50 years later. So what do we think? Do we think the album has gotten better with time? Do you think it, you know, did it deserve its uh, reputation? Do you think it should be, you know, where, where do you think it, it stands in, its, in John's overall catalog? You know, upper tier, middle tier, lower tier. Mm. So I know big, this is the big, the big question. Well, I mean, when you look at this body of work at a whole, I mean, unfortunately, you know, if you just include the stuff that was released while I was alive, I mean, unfortunately, something's got to be at the bottom, you know, and, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, this is not an album I go to a lot. I mean, I, again, just like Plastic Ono Band, there's times where you have to be in a certain mood to, to listen to uh, these songs for me. I mean, this is just not the kind, this is just not the CD that you, you, you grab when you guys are, when you go for a two hour drive, you know what I mean? It's, it, this is just not that album um you know and for me but um but again though it, it's not bad it, i don't know if it really deserved you know all the the bashing that it got or the low um chart position that it got um there's some quality stuff on here and i guess you know again there's some there's some stuff on here that's still relevant today you know sister oh sisters and i think you know a woman is the end of the world is still relevant uh, today and but unfortunately you know again um, how much do I relate to these songs? How much do I actually believe in what they're singing on these? Do I believe in what they're, they're, they're singing? I mean, and I think that's what matters to me most. Am I also passionate about what they're singing on here? And, and, and for the most part, it's not really, but again, I, I enjoy them putting their cells, their necks out, out there to, to do this. I give them all the credit in the world, bravo to them. But again, it's just, it's, you know, probably this and rock and roll will probably be, you know, right there towards the bottom, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Joe, what is well, your um, final I, reassessment? I understand, I understand at the time why people rubbed the wrong way about it. Uh, but now I think uh, in the context of all of John's albums, this is under underrated. It's an underrated album. I think it's actually strong in a lot of ways, you know. Uh, as I said, the musicianship, uh, the, the grittiness of it, the grunginess of it, uh, John's voice, um, John and Yoko together, the way they uh, work. Uh, I, I think there's a, a lot of good about it. It's different mm-hmm. 
uh, most John albums in that regard. But then again, John sadly doesn't have a lot of albums. So when you're going to try to do the ranking thing, like you said, higher, middle, lower, got to put it lower tier. I mean, for me, uh, it would be near the bottom. I mean, I'm not going to put it one, two, three, or four, in my opinion. Um, I tend to put Milk and Honey last of his original material not rock and roll go by proxy uh goes last because it's Ken's it's covers you know but yeah. uh you know of his original material and again not his fault because he he's not wasn't there to to finish the songs you know mm-hmm. so uh right. it would be next to last for me if i was gonna write you know sometime in new york city and then milk and honey um but i think people should give it a chance, fans. Try to look Agreed. at the, the positive Agreed. qualities yep. yeah, of it. You know, uh, forget even if you don't like the, the, the politics. I mean, I agree with Tom. If I can't relate to what they're singing about, sometimes that gets in the way. But then as Ken says, you know, listen to it. The overall song, you know, does it affect you? Do you like the energy in it? Do you like the melody in it or whatever? And maybe you'll like it for that. Forget all the uh, negatives uh, about it. Mm. Absolutely. Ken, what do you think? I couldn't put it much better than Joe just did. Yeah. And definitely, I would like to use the word underrated. But, you know, we have conversations all the time on Beatle podcasts about the Beatles' weakest album. Right. And the Beatles' weakest album is still a great album. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's impossible. we all wish that, you know, if you, if you think of Beatles for sale or Let It Be as being their weakest albums, those are still great albums. Uh, and like Joe said, unfortunately, we've said this a lot, John's catalog is really thin, unfortunately. Um, Milk and Honey, I would rate kind of towards the bottom as well, only because, you know, John didn't get to finish some of those songs. Um, and uh, I do rate Rock and Roll kind of at the bottom, along with Milk and Honey. And then above that is Sometime in New York City. It's just that I love the al- the other albums so much more. Right. You know, Mind Games, Walls and Bridges, top to and imagine and plastic on all band to follow but um i would definitely advise everyone that hasn't listened to this album to to uh to give it a chance and you know sometimes we bring up this this phrase of aging well or whether or not something sounds dated and i know i've said this before but when music sounds dated or the subject matter is dated it has no effect on me whatsoever. You know, it all comes down to whether I still like the songs. Will I sing along with them? There's so many times that I've that I've sang about songs from people of the past. Like I always loved when um, Bob Dylan wrote about Hurricane Carter. Mm. You know, that's a figure of the past. It doesn't change now whether or not he's alive anymore or not. You know, or what the subject matter was of that song, whether it's still you know, going on today. I still love the song. You know, I love Ball of Confusion from The Temptations, <laughs> which in many yeah. ways, you think about the lyrics is very relevant, mm. but they're even singing about, you know, the Beatles' new records of gas. Mm. You know, it's an old song, but I still love it. You know, it doesn't really matter to me whether or not, um, you know, these people are, are, are figures that we talk about today. I mm. still enjoy these songs. John Sinclair, I get a big jolt out of hearing John Sinclair as a song. And it's so vibrant. And like I said, I love the production. I love the rawness. I love the intensity. I love the different feel and atmosphere of this album being so different from the other Lennon albums in that regard. So, um, 
yeah very underrated is this album and i, I strongly advise and, and for new fans to go into this they don't necessarily have to know the stories of angela davis and john sinclair and know about attica state they can just listen as songs with lyrics and do they like the melody and and what's being said and then they can investigate it they want to, absolutely what the song's yeah. all about right. sure but Agreed. um yeah it will be interesting Those to see. Yeah, we'll be interested to see or or listen to this once it gets its remix. Uh, hopefully next year. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'll be glad to to get a remix. And there's a lot of rehearsal mm. stuff. Uh, I know that for the mm. Willowbrook uh, shows on it. Uh, you wonder what's going to come out. Hopefully, mm. uh, the live in New York City uh, updated. Uh, All right. Version. Yeah. There's so much you can do there. Right. with yeah, the one-to-one concerts yeah you know mm-hmm. if you want to include both yeah. rehearsals and again you would talk to who did you talk to that, that says that that the one that the one-to-one has been done for for jack a douglas, while now right? isn't it jack douglas, jack douglas well yeah. there there were problems with the video okay. i don't know he didn't go into detail about it and this is a few okay. years ago right he told right. me this but you know that it was answered on on social media will there be a lennon released next year and you know we're not sure if it was sean that answered but sometime in new york York city City. was included in that in that post Mm -hmm. so if they're doing it all chronologically now even though they started with imagine (laughs) uh, Uh you know it would make sense that next year the 50th anniversary of this and i wonder if they might even include i I, well you got to get the rights for it but the tv appearances yeah, um, some oh, of the yeah. songs would be yeah. nice. That would be that would be interesting. Yeah, like, do they add the live stuff from the Apollo Theater? I mean, do, do they uh-huh. do they add the mm-hmm. appearance from the uh, the Ann Arbor show? Uh, you know, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot out there that they can add to this box set. Yeah, yeah. Well, that stuff has come out on audio. Oh, on audio, you yeah, know, so exactly. Yeah. But, so, but you know, yeah, you can add that. But there's the a generation of people that weren't. A, that, I mean, that's out of print though, pretty much. I mean, there's a generation of fans that you know that set you'd have to go on ebay and, and spend more money than you probably want to to get that if yeah. this comes out next year so hopefully all that stuff is on there and it's more accessible to them right yeah and when it's put yeah. together in this context all grouped together mm-hmm. you know it, it, it works so well on that yeah. level yeah. yeah yep well and yeah as for me i i would have to say for me, this is still in the lower tier, along with this, as you guys have said, probably rock and roll. Um, it for me is, is you know in his catalog. But this wasn't really a great opportunity to to revisit this album because um, you know parts of it were I I think better than I remembered. Um, you know the lyrics. Mm-hmm. A lot of the lyrics are still pretty cringeworthy for me, but but the uh, but the uh, you know, Elephant's Memory really, uh, you know, sounds even better than I remembered. Uh, John's voice on this was, on many of these songs, was, you know, incredibly powerful. And uh, as, you know, we've mentioned many times tonight, uh, Yoko really shines on this album. And, and mm. as, you know, I listened to it, I thought, wow, I, I'd forgotten, <laughs> you know, how really good she was on, on this. So, um, but... Uh, yeah, I agree. I think this this is really worth um, listening to. And a number of, of commenters tonight of, you know, some have said uh, they still really don't like this album. Um, and so it's it's interesting. You know, it still evokes a lot of 
uh, sure. different feelings. Out but so you know what? They'll still, if it comes out next year, they'll still buy it. Yeah, exactly. I wonder. And, I wonder. Yep. <laughs> I hope. Don't yeah, maybe. Up. I mean, you know, because that's that's the thing. I was I was in that group too. Uh, that that really didn't like this album. But it's interesting when you go back and listen to it. I'm not saying you're going to say, "Oh my gosh, it's your favorite album now." Right. But yeah. uh, but you might you might think about it a little differently when when you listen to it again it's uh it's a very very interesting experience so uh so maybe you know after you listen to the show go get your copy or go on spotify or however you listen to your music take another listen to uh sometime in new york city and um see what you think uh let us know in uh, the comments here let us know um in the comments if you're watching this on youtube we're very interested to hear what you think and uh we you know we do read all your comments so uh because we we really appreciate your your feedback and, and want to know your take on sometime in new york city and any of the topics that that we discuss so so this has been i, I knew this would be a fascinating discussion <laughs> and it and it didn't disappoint so uh, oh. so this has been great um all right well i guess uh we will share what uh, what is coming up for us um i'll just quickly mention because i i don't have uh you know, too, too long a thing to discuss. Um, I was recently on the show Tomorrow Never Knows, uh, which uh, is hosted by Bob Wilson and Warren Brown, uh, friends of our show. And um, it, we discussed Let It Be, what a surprise. Mm. And, uh, and, but what was a surprise was uh, there was a surprise guest on there for me, Ivor Davis, which mm. was uh, really a treat. Uh, to be back on there with him. He's such a such a, a great, great guy. So that is up on uh, Warren's channel, uh, Beatles Kingdom. So mm. do check that out. We had a great time. Uh, we had a lot of laughs and everything too, discussing uh, Let It Be. I know that doesn't sound like something you'd laugh about, but we really did. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so go check that out. Um, of course, as for how to reach us, you can uh, reach us on our Facebook page where you're watching this right now. You can uh, see, uh, find us on Twitter at TalkMoreTalk1. That's number one. You can find us on our website, TalkMoreTalk.com. Uh, you can find us on our YouTube channel and please subscribe. Our, our subscribers are growing and growing and we really appreciate your support. And uh, you can email us at TalkMoreSoloTalk at gmail.com. So I think that's everything there. Joe, how about you? What are you up to? Well, if you folks feel like, if you want, you can subscribe <laughs> to my no Mr. Mayo channel. On <laughs> I'm not going to go, please, anymore. <laughs> it's, a, it's a private joke. It's an in-joke. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, me, Mr. Mayo on YouTube. I just did two uh, pretty uh, discussion-worthy videos, a little controversial, talking about uh, Paul McCartney uh, with, with his upcoming BBC interview, even though it's not out yet, uh, The Guardian went ahead and uh, quoted a couple of Paul quotes. So check those two uh, videos out. Also, hopefully this week, uh, I'll be doing videos on the Let It Be book. Well, uh, hopefully I get my hands on mm -hmm. that and also Let It Be box set you know, CD version and slash or uh, probably both, I'm hoping, uh, the vinyl and the CD uh, mm. box. So that's what's new on Mean Mr. Mayo. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> always, always busy at me, Mr. Mayo. Absolutely. So, Tom, how about you? You're always yeah, always we're, stuff going. We're, yeah, we, we're keeping busy over two legs. Uh, our YouTube channel, Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast please go over there and check that out please, <laughs> please. And, and subscribe if you want but yeah like joe uh yesterday we also too uh we went live andy and i uh, and the queen made a special appearance and we we talked about the uh you know some of the comments that were made uh, in that guardian uh article and you know talked a little bit about you know some of the the history of maybe these comments and and why were they made and um we had a lot of fun doing that chat um we also so our last episode was just put up this last Saturday and we're kind of it's it's not necessarily like another listen, but it's kind of like almost like a defending uh, type video where uh, our guest Ed Crawford, he came on and him and, and Andy, we, they, uh, they defended the Broad Street film. Um, and we had a good time talking about that. And Ed show Ed Crawford, uh, who's a fan of this show and, and all of our shows, really. And um, he had so much Broad Street memorabilia. It's amazing. The, the video game, uh, a Broad Street coat, the script. I mean, it's just on and on with the stuff that he has regarding broad street um was was a was a lot of fun to to see um that video game i hear it's terrible but i mean i would just love an opportunity <laughs> to play it once you know um but yeah but then last week like we talked about at the at the beginning of the show we last week we just started uh episode one of a five-part series it's the 101 favorite mccartney songs where andy and i we 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 you know, countdown from 100 to one. Uh, last week was uh, 100, uh, 101 to 81. And uh, we talked about those songs. Uh, next week, it'll be uh, 80 to uh, 61. Or, I'm sorry, next, this week, actually, this Wednesday, we'll be talking about 80 to uh, 61. And uh, we're having a lot of fun. I've been really surprised and just so honored with so many people that have been contributing their list to this. You know, I'm really surprised. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Um, Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's great seeing seeing the songs that people love and have and and put in their in their in their top one hundred and one songs. It's been really Tom. Amazing. You better not have oh. you better not have Queen of Crory in the top. No, As much as I love that song, five. it's not it's not it, it didn't make the oh, one hundred and one. Okay. okay, so but but I love that. I do love that song. But but yeah, we're <laughs> Andy and I are having a lot of fun with that, and um, you know we've got a lot more wonderful great. Show, good shows according to us we think they're good shows coming up and uh <laughs> and uh so check us out that's uh two legs a paul mccartney podcast on youtube and then all over the uh the audio uh podcasting formats so thank you everybody fantastic all those right those are all those are all solo paul mccartney solo songs? paul mccartney okay, okay. he had to either sang on it or wrote it you know there, there's kind of there's some um you know specific measures that we have in there but but for the most part as long as he's singing the song it's it's fair game and it had to be officially released so like unfortunately yvonne uh paul's version of yvonne mm -hmm. or, or cage can't be uh admitted because or can't be in, included because they weren't officially released songs yeah i talked to andy about this what about right. something like on the wings of a nightingale um, well, even though you wrote it, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if, if, if he's on there, I don't really hear him on there. I mean, I have to go back. He's and, listed and, as a guitar he's player. He's a guitar player, but if he really needed to be hit more of a, a lead vocalist on the track. Hmm. See, okay. but now here's the thing. Now we did include his version of 4th of July because it's, it's officially released. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And let, let's love. A good demo oh, too. it's a wonderful demo. 
Wonderful yeah. demo. Yeah. yeah. All right, Ken, what are you up to? Not nearly as much as Tom, <laughs> but um, well, not on the my moment, website, I, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> on my website, KenMichaelsRadio.com, I have my weekly Beatles trivia, and this week I'm playing Do the Math, mm. and um, that's when I ask two trivia questions that have a number as an answer. You have to add the two numbers together, and you could win one of 10 great prizes, incredible array of prizes from CDs to DVDs, um, you name it, and books. So again, that's at KenMichaelsRadio.com. Things we said today, um, we had to take a break. We couldn't coordinate our schedules, but we are going to do a show on the Let It Be box set very soon, as well as the EP of Change the World. And then there's my YouTube channel, and there'll be some new interviews coming this week. And, oh, cool. uh, Fantastic. Please, please me and subscribe <laughs> to my channel. <laughs> Sorry, it's a group song, but, you know, right. the only one I could think of it this time. Very good. <laughs> well, we know we love you, Ken, so please subscribe to Ken's channel. <laughs> Ken Michaels Radio. Yes. There you go. And now oh. back to Charlie Chen. <laughs> oh god ding there's another honey one mornings. all right well and i forgot to mention uh talking about our show we can also be found um everywhere you you uh, like listening to your podcasts so or pretty much anywhere you can think of i think so all right thank you all for joining us tonight as always we couldn't do this show without you next time we are going to be reviewing let it be box set. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I know. Can Why you is it coming it? out? Yeah. Have you heard? You got to pre order, Ken. Come on. Yep. <laughs> Boy, so, I who's going to moderate that? That's a big Yeah, big exactly. Oh, no. Yep. Oh. So, for Ken, Joe, and Tom, this is Kit saying remember, sisters, oh, sisters, and brothers, we're all water. There you go. See you next time. Yeah. <laughs> Someday we'll evaporate together. <laughs> <laughs> talk, more talk, chat, more chat. Talk, more